0: Hi, and welcome to the Becoming You podcast. I'm a mental health enthusiast who is here to share my story and tips on becoming the best you. My name is Caitlin, and I'm so excited that you're here. Let's get to it. Y'all and welcome back as a newly named Becoming You podcast. We are doing our first interview and I'm so excited. Her name is Jordan Alice and she is a mental health enthusiast and uh, was a coach for a while and now she's just kind of taking a sabbatical to work on her own mental health and really come to terms with some major trauma from her life. Uh, You can find her on Instagram She will be tagged in the show notes. You can find her on Facebook, and she has a blog, uh, which I will tag everything in. She is an amazing woman who has been through some major things in her life and has a lot to say. Uh, The Becoming You podcast will be following her through her journey for the next year of traveling the country and doing some major healing. Uh, We'll probably check up on her every three months or so just to see how things are going and uh, what she's learning, because I think everyone can learn a little bit on how... To focus on you for a little bit, so I'm not going to introduce her too much or talk too much this week. Uh, She's a lot to say, and I'm so excited uh, to have the first interview. So enjoy. I do have a lot of questions, so get ready because I am excited about your journey. So um, tell us, everyone who's listening tomorrow, um, about kind of where your thought process started. Because I know they can like find you on Facebook and things like that, but. Where did the thought process from this journey start? And, like, kind of explain what you're gonna do in the next few months.
1: So, I think the biggest breakthroughs in life always come from our biggest breakdowns. And this was no exception. So, it was me on the floor in the bathroom having one of those really ugly cries for five hours and basically recognizing that my mental health was at a point where it was not sustainable to move forward any longer. Um, This was about a month into COVID, I would say, so mid-March, and my boyfriend and I, my boyfriend at the time, Um, We'd been dating for about five years. We had plans to move to Wyoming in July. We were really excited about it. And so we decided, hey, because we're both working from home, you know, this new laptop lifestyle, we can go to Wyoming right now. Like, let's like go test run it kind of thing. And what quarantine did for me was that it gave me a lot of time and space to just sit with my thoughts and in that, some of the unresolved trauma that I had started to resurface. So we were in we were in Wyoming, in this fairy tale place that we had like really pumped up in our mind as being like, this is our next step, and then we're gonna get engaged and we're gonna get married and we're gonna do all the things. And I was sitting there on the floor in Wyoming, like hating my life, having a complete mental breakdown, realizing, oh my gosh, it's not about, you know, getting out of San Diego. It's not about changing my environment. If I don't start to really do deeper work with what's inside, nothing externally is going to fix this, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So I would say that was the big inspiration for me going, wow, as the world is taking a pause during this virus, I get to take a pause too and really dive deeper in my own healing journey.
0: For sure. Um, oh, I love that. So actually last week's was about how we're not thriving during COVID. Um, just because I realized I have a lot of stuff going on. I also had the same realization during all of this that I had thought I did a lot of more, I think a lot more advancing on my mental health than I had thought. Um, and then I they locked me in an apartment with my thoughts. And I was like, We're not where I want to be. So I think, yeah, COVID gave me that time to pause and be like, where do you find your identity? Is it working? Because like, we don't love that because you're going to be a mom someday and you're not going to be able to work for a few months and you are going to be dealing with a lot of other emotions. And like, you know, so I think it allowed me to find my passion, but I, I was the same way sitting on the bathroom floor, crying, upset, not knowing what to do, panicking. And she extended things and like, really, I'm like, this shouldn't be that bad. I, I should enjoy this time
1: yeah it's it's a difficult balance between so so my identity was also so wrapped up in the busyness, and now I'm finding that I don't have a structure to my day. It's been really challenging, and it should be like if you you know follow me on social media or follow my blog, even I try to be really good about highlighting all the aspects of it. But if you're from the outside looking in, you'd probably think, oh my gosh, she just took a year off of life. She's going to travel around and have fun. And I'm like, this is not fun. Like I am not having fun. (laughs) I would much rather prefer having the stable job, having the packed to-do list, the busy schedule, because that's comfortable to me, right? Like my identity is so wrapped up in my productivity. My identity is so wrapped up in being all important and having all the things to do and when I take a step back from that, I'm like, who the hell am I without all of that? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Like, that's what I'm trying to figure out this year. Right. I don't know.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm so, I'm we're, I'm so excited to follow you. Um, we're going to have to have a conversation halfway through. So we know kind of where you are and check in on you. We're going to, I'll keep everyone updated on your journey too. Um, Cause that is honestly, like, that's powerful. Like taking a year off to focus on you to figure out who you are, to show up as your best self is everything this podcast is about. That's, you know, that's what, that's what I want for everyone. That's what I want for every girl who's been through trauma and been through stuff that they, you know, haven't dealt with. And I think what people don't necessarily realize is that everyone's been through some form of trauma, whether they want to admit it or not. And you can shove it down forever, or you can choose to deal with it and dealing with it isn't easy. So you're fine.
1: Yeah, huh. you're fine. Okay, I muted myself. I was no, like, you're I'm totally fine. good. I'm you're used totally to doing good. live interviews, so I'm like, oh my God. <laughs>
0: <laughs> totally fine. Yeah, no, um,
1: I, so yeah, no,
0: so tell us what you're going to do for the next, is it year? Mm-hmm. So tell us all about like this journey, tell us where the, you know, we know kind of where you started and where the thought process came, but how'd you come up with this idea?
1: Yeah, well, so I think, I think the first thing I want to like go back to something you said, and that's about you wanting this like discovery and kind of coming home to yourself for everyone right like really figuring out who you are falling in love with who you are and i think one of the biggest things is that that's going to look different for everyone right that's going to look dramatically different like for you than it is for me than your listeners and so i think the biggest thing that we fall into the trap of especially as women where we're trying to like you know get our self worth from others approval and perfectionism and all of these things is the the toxic cycle of comparison and really looking at our journey. And again, we don't, everyone has gone through some form of trauma. Yes. Mine, I guess, according to the textbooks is a capital T level trauma as is yours, right? Like Mm -hmm. going through these struggles. But if you're listening in and you feel like your story isn't quote unquote bad enough to feel traumatized, that's just not true. And Frank, I don't know if I can swear on this, but it's bullshit. Totally it's like no, it's totally. a bullshit story. Yeah. And so I think to give yourself so much grace and love because even the lower T, lowercase T level trauma, it's still something that causes pain. And pain is pain. Like anyone who's listening, your worst day feels absolutely as painful as my worst day, mm-hmm. as Kate's worst day. Like That's just how it is. And so in, and this gets to your question about structuring this journey, like I didn't, I tried to do some research in so far as, you know, what works for finding yourself and none of it landed for me, like it wasn't aligned. And what was a, so I had to dive really deep in and just, you know, spent a lot of time in the silence, the uncomfortable, just totally awful silence and space and stillness and all the things I didn't like, but I sat there and I, so like I'm a Christian, so I prayed about it, but whether or not, you know, you meditate and get, I think it's all, you know, the same kind of thing. And listening to that just divine insight you know from the universe from god of what would work for me um really gave me the answer that i needed to be by myself one and i needed to be without distractions two and so i was like okay well how does that look at the time again i was in wyoming when i was kind of figuring this out and I loved being there because it was like this little tiny town in the middle of the mountains. I would go on a run and there was like elk and deer and Buffalo and like all of these beautiful creatures. And I'm like, wow, what better way to get back to my roots than to get back to the roots of like nature as well. And so in structuring this year, Um, basically, I decided I couldn't be in San Diego because of the distractions component. I knew that I would get thrown back into the, even with COVID, the life of friends and parties and doing dinners and all the things. And then um, made the really difficult decision with my partner of five years to kind of discontinue and put our relationship on pause. And that was absolutely the most difficult decision I've ever made, but I recognize the long-term implications of us staying together with me going on that trajectory. There would be no us anyways, because right. a relationship is only as strong as its weakest link. And I'm not saying I was weak per se, but if you're not strong and comfortable in yourself, you can't show up as yourself in a relationship and the team isn't going to work.
0: Oh, that's so true.
1: So in In that, I basically looked at and I, I, I on my blog, if you follow me, I'm like oh i'm I'm revealing one stop at a time, so right now I'm in Oregon, but I totally I'm super type A, so I have the whole journey planned out like if I'm being honest, I feel that <laughs> And so I just identify little towns throughout the United States, primarily the west coast, midwest, right. um, that are just really like healing, have different elements of them. For example, sneak peek next after Oregon, I'll be in Montana and there I'll be doing horse therapy in a little town there. And so just, yeah, I'm I'm really excited. It's definitely fun. And I'm trying to balance one of the biggest things I think I'm learning on this journey. And this might support listeners is that you can feel like deep sadness and pain simultaneously with feeling joy. Like, it's totally possible that you, even in moments like of grieving, right, where you feel guilty then for feeling happy. And I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions that really mess us up in our healing journey because it's okay to feel joyful and then also feel like setbacks and feel that pain. Um, And so I'm going through this process where I'm having, you know, really exciting experiences, but at the same time. I'm doing the healing work which is painful and I cry myself to sleep sometimes so
0: right yeah oh, I love all of it I definitely identify with feeling sadness and happiness at the same time I feel like in so many ways my life is so great right now like I have such great friends I've rekindled friendships recently I really worked on myself during all of this um people's favorite question to ask when you go back to work uh is what did you do during COVID? I didn't have to do anything. Thank you. I could have sat at home and just enjoyed myself. Um, but I'm like, well, I started a podcast and I wrote a book and I, you know, did this mental health journey and all these things. And, um, I have a great relationship and I really like what you said. And to all of my listeners really focus on that your journey looks different than anyone else's. So just because something works for me may not work for you. Like I can't imagine going on a 12 month journey. Um, and, you know, doing all that hard work. I don't know if it would have worked for me, but for you, it's doing you so much good. But it's also great to know that that's working for you and that it could work for someone else. And it doesn't necessarily have to be 12 months. It could be going away for a weekend and just like doing your own thing and supporting yourself. Um, But no, I love that. So what are you doing right now for the, the month? Like, tell us what you're doing this month.
1: Yeah, great question. So this month I just, well, one, wanted to give myself enough space to get settled and get used to this new life of like being alone, sleeping by myself, like things that I just haven't done in a lot of years. Um, Two, I recognized through, so basically in college, I did the intense busyness thing up all night, didn't sleep, like, you know, perfectionism got the best of me. Um, Then I threw myself straight into the workforce, again, working 70 to 80 hour work weeks. And then my next job made it to the six figure mark. And I kept climbing up this ladder that I thought would bring me some satisfaction, some happiness, whatever. And it never did. And I'm 25. So making six figures at 25 is pretty impressive on paper, right? Just as my 3.96, but who's counting GPA was in college, (laughs) but like, (laughs) but none of that shit brought me happiness. Like I recognized that, and I'm going to get, I'm going to get to answer your question. I promise. But I You're recognized fine. that all the stuff on paper that I thought would bring me the satisfaction. It never did. And I'm so happy. I learned this lesson so early on in life because I just again saw the trajectory not being sustainable having said all that when I was going through school going through work I made a lot of really poor sacrifices and choices regarding my mental health my physical health my body all of that essentially saying I didn't sleep I didn't eat healthy I've never cooked a day in my life I don't know what cooking is like takeout was my my jam um I, I just didn't make good choices. I was making enough money at the time, given my age that I, I just you know didn't really know. I was very into the quick fixes. Oh, if I needed to lose weight really quickly, oh, I just go on this new juice cleanse, whatever, pay for it. I would go on this intense exercise week. I would essentially even at times like starve myself because I was sitting at my desk for 12 to 15 hours a day Didn't even realize that I wasn't eating because I was so busy. Mm -hmm. And so this month, to get to your question, I'm really just focusing on nourishing my body and learning how to eat appropriately, learning how to get enough sleep, learning how like the things that should be so intuitively there that I completely neglected over the last five plus years. (laughs) So essentially since college. (laughs) Yeah. Um yeah, so this month I started I got myself an instant pot and a toaster oven and like I'm learning which is probably so silly. <laughs> but I'm like learning how to grocery shop. I seriously, y'all, I had a panic attack in the grocery store about a week and a half ago because I was in the produce section and I didn't I've never shopped for produce. So That this is like so on paper again. In this, you know, I looked like such an adult who was doing all these things and whatever, uber successful and productive. Um, and I have no idea what it's like to be an adult. So here I am this month, just focused on the basics of being an adult. I'm sleeping like 10 hours a night, I'm moving my body every day, uh, whether or not that looks like you know, trying to get my 10,000 steps in or just just dancing or whatever, get to get in all that energy out. Um, and just feeding my body with really like good food. So, well, I try to make it good, but you know, I'm still learning. It takes a while.
0: Um, I am a takeout queen. So I live with a, my roommate is loves to cook. So when we moved in together, she would like cook for both of us. And then now I'm doing like a little bit of a low carb keto style diet so um we don't cook together all the time now so I'm like really learning how to cook my own stuff but like she's taught me so much because she like she's like a pro and I'm like honestly a little jealous sometimes I'm like how do you do this how do you know this like who taught you this and she's like I taught myself and I'm like how do you do that so what she's taught mean? me a lot yeah. but I get the takeout thing like convenience I've worked in a restaurant for six years like grab food to go like I don't want to cook when I get home I just serve people all day so totally understand that um but how cool to spend a month doing all of that um well I guess explain your background because I know you do like you have your blog which I follow and like you do do interviews and things like that so explain where all of like this knowledge comes from kind of explain what you do uh kind of tell everyone like more about you I guess
1: yeah, absolutely. Happy to. Um, so, my story, and I guess my capital T level trauma, <laughs> was that I was sexually abused by my stepdad um, from the age of 11 through 16. So, for five, you know, pretty fundamental years of my life. Um, and that's really where most of my trauma is rooted in, and all of the things that I'm, I'm dealing with now. Um, so, fast forward, And when I was going, well, actually, I guess when I was going through the trauma, I always told myself like, God, if, if I just get through this, like, I want to help more people with my story. Like, that's it. Like I'll get through the trauma. If you can guarantee that I'm going to be able to help people with what I've gone through. So then, um, about a year ago, I started to feel like I was in a really good place in my own healing after you know 10 years of therapy and undoing all the things but um fast forward similar to you I recognized during COVID I was like oh my mental health is not where I thought it was like I get to do even deeper work and I think that's the thing like healing is never linear and it's always a journey and so like you take several steps forward and a couple I guess back but they're not really back you know because it's still moving forward so um About a year ago, though, I felt like I was really strong and I was in a place that I could at least inspire and motivate other people with my story saying like, hey, you don't have to let what has happened to you define you or the trajectory of the rest of your life. Like you are not your trauma um, and you are not your mental health and that's that doesn't define you. And so I started a coaching business and I was really stoked. I actually started working with 11 amazing individuals Um, and the way in which I found them, you mentioned interviews, I basically... Uh, started interviewing experts who were also in the space of trauma healing and like kind of resilience coaching and and things that I wanted to do. And so once I interviewed them, I got exposure to their audiences. And it was really fun because then I started to work with individuals in their community that felt like I could serve them. Um, And so through that process, though, I was super surprised that most of the clients who came to me with the exception of two of them, so nine of nine of the clients I started working with were women in their thirties, forties, and fifties, and I was like, "Interesting." I thought that being twenty-five, being be twenty-four even at the time, that I would attract more women like me. What I started to learn was that people our age don't even if they've been seriously traumatized in their life, they don't necessarily identify as a trauma survivor yet because they don't attach their identity to that story and so a lot of people when they get older because we're, we're so busy right we're in our 20s we're doing all the things like we're not thinking about what happened to us when we're 12 we're just like oh whatever that was my past I should be I should quote unquote be over it and that's just not true like it we can you know if I really envy the people who are able to live a life where they compartmentalize their stuff and like ignore it. I just can't. (laughs) So, and so I think what happens is when you're in your thirties, forties, fifties, when you start to have really, you know, deep relationships and get engaged, get married, start to have children of your own, you recognize, ooh, wow, there's this deeply rooted thing here that might be caused by my trauma. And it's causing me to kind of, um, kind of like lose grasp of everything going on in my life. And you start to have really intense breakdowns. And so all of these women were coming to me and they're like, Jordan, I heard the same story over and over. When I was 25, when I was your age, I was good. But now like, I'm not okay. Like my mental health isn't okay. I have so much anxiety. I'm depressed. I'm all the same story, literally Kate nine times. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, this is really interesting. And I'm looking at my experience of myself, which is also good, right? I thought at the Uh time I was like, I'm good. It's good. Everything's good. And I heard this so many times. I was like, I think this is God, the universe, whatever you call it, way of showing me. Maybe there's some deeper work there for you too, because you don't want to end up like that down the road. It was almost like writing on the wall in a weird way. You're like, Um, hi God, I see you. I, yeah, I see you. Yeah, I, hear yeah you. I was like, okay, okay, I got this. So during COVID, during quarantine, when I started to feel my own stuff resurface, um, you know, I really honored that. It was definitely a ding to my pride a little bit, my ego, like you know. But through the expertise I gained from working with these clients and hearing of their experiences, in addition to my own life experience, I was able to take a step back and I off boarded all of my clients. I said, you know what? I'm not in a space to be able to hold space for you. Because if you're a light worker in the world, if you're really working to heal and like you have to do that work yourself first. And so like, you know that, I know that. And I think that's where we get to acknowledge like when we're up for something and when we can do that and do it justice. And when we get to take a step back and then like refocus on ourselves. Um, So yeah, during COVID, I just said, you know what? Now is is my time to focus on me. I've been serving and giving and loving. And I was like, I just can't do it anymore. And that's okay. That's awesome. So when, let's see, like
0: I have so many questions I could go on and on for hours, but I want to focus this on more of like what I know. So I love that you said that trauma looks different for everyone. So kind of go off on that a little bit of, what are your experiences? I know that you said that like some people have capital T trauma and I love the way you put that. Um, and some people have little T trauma, but like all in all, like it's trauma. Um, so maybe like your work that you've done in past with clients or how, um, that kind of shows up in your life. What are, what are the different stories? And like, you don't obviously have to get into specifics, but like, um, how does that trauma look different for people and like the people that you've worked with and the things that you're doing um, just kind of explain that for people who are listening and they're like, you know, my life doesn't feel like, I mean, people know that my mom passed away when I was a kid, people know that I've been through a lot. Um, and I, I still want them to be able to identify with the fact that just because maybe theirs looked a little different kind of explain that of like, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, what does that trauma look like different? Cause you've worked with so many different people.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I might not be able to give the best answer here, because I primarily worked with individuals who have gone through sexual trauma just because of okay. the nature of my own trauma for sure. Okay. Um, but I did have so the actually the two clients that I didn't out of the nine that you know had that same story. Um, the two that didn't fall into that group were individuals that one, there was a gentleman who started to work with me and his trauma was that he was in um, just a really, you know, beautiful engagement and, and was planning to get married to a woman. um, And she kind of up and left him. And so it wasn't I guess, you know, comparatively, he, during our our sessions, he's like, I feel so silly for being so upset about this. But, uh, but he's like, he's like, I know, it doesn't even compare to what most of your clients have gone through. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. And again, like, that was super traumatic for him. He was about to devote his life to somebody and they left him. And so even if you're listening in and you're not at that stage in your relationship, but you were in a very committed relationship and it didn't work out in some way, shape or form, like that's traumatic. That's that's an experience where a relationship and getting to that level takes so much trust, vulnerability. And when that's violated or when that just goes away, like there's an immense... Feeling of loss and grief, and that you get to go through. um, And that's traumatic. So I think that's one of the examples. And then the other client that I was working with, um, she lost her partner. So, same kind of thing, like with the grief of she he passed away and she just you know years years ago but as we know with loss like it's not something that you just get over and even though the rest of the world and you probably speak to this intimately um but it, sometimes it feels like the rest of the world just wants you to move on you know in the 3 6 year long 6 month year long time frame and it doesn't work like that it's a year long it, it's a lifelong process And so with this woman, um, it's so beautiful. She actually inspired, now that I think about it, she really inspired this journey for me as well because she has been grieving and she has been allowing herself space to just grieve for over two years now. So her partner passed about three years ago and she was working and doing all the things and she was like, no, I need to slow down and like give myself and my body space to process this. Um, And so she took, she took off. She lives in a little tiny town in Colorado. She's absolutely like the most beautiful soul. And I was working with her and I was just like, so you just like, I was like, so this happened three years ago and you're, you're still like, you're just lit. Like what I, I was so confused, like even working with her, I was like, wait, so you can just, you can just like stop everything and just be like, what does that look like? And so now that we're talking about her, yeah, but that was that was her trauma, and it was so intense for her that it's she might be on this journey for another few years, where she's just being and writing and and coping and grieving, and that's okay. So I think there there's so many other examples. Oh my gosh, Kate! Like with what's going on in the world, even with the collective trauma and the heaviness of and the, the beautiful movement that's going on, like social justice wise, but even if we go back a couple months covid is traumatic mm-hmm. or, like isolation is traumatic if you're feeling trauma from covid like yeah yeah you get to give yourself space to feel that if you're feeling even the collective trauma of what's being unearthed right now it's it's heavy and i admittedly like even with the black lives matter movement which i think is so important and relevant and timely and like about time I am not even allowing myself right now the space to feel that. And I understand my ignorance, but it's heavy. And I know like as an empathic person, I would have never considered myself to be an empath before I started working with these clients and like taking on their energy and feeling it. But you can feel collective trauma and that collective consciousness. So like if you are a person who maybe you haven't had anything, you know, bad happen in your life or so you think, um, there's energy right now that feels heavy, that feels traumatic. And so, you know, you get to give yourself space to feel that. Oh, that is
0: what I've been preaching since the beginning of all this. Uh, we have lots of discussions in my friend group and just like overall about what that looks like. And like right now is so dang stressful, like so dang stressful. And if you are like, I said last week, if you are just surviving, that's totally fine. Like, that's all that's expected of you in this world right now is to survive and grieve what your life used to look like. Um, And I went through that for a little bit, too, just because like, my life was like, great before all this. And then I like started doing all this deep work. And I'm like, can I go back to like, my ignorance of thinking I was like, perfectly fine. And like, I had done my self love journey. And like, I had served my best self, and I didn't have to reevaluate my friendships and all that. Like, I was like, can I go back? Because I liked that space. Uh, But this space feels better and I have learned more um, and I get to have interviews and talk to people like you. So I guess we'll wrap up a second with, and I'm kind of putting you on the spot, so sorry. Um, When we do, when I do interviews, my plan is to, what's one big thing you want to leave the listeners with? Like, what's one thing that if you could kind of have it as your mantra for the rest of your life of this is what I want
1: people to know. Um, what would it be? Oh, that's such a good question. And you are putting me on the spot, but I love you anyway. (laughs) Um, Oh man. I think something that's really hitting home for me right now is that life doesn't have to be so damn hard. Like it gets to be easy when you, and I'm not saying again, that's not, you won't go through challenges. It won't be rocky. I'm going through one of the most challenging, stretchy, uncomfortable experiences of my life. But on the day to day, we stress ourselves out so much. We play into these stories that cause anxiety, that cause fear, that cause guilt and shame and blame and all of this stuff. And in the end of the day, it doesn't have to be so hard. And you are perfect just as you are by simply being, you don't have to do anything to be enough. Like your self-worth comes intimately within, um, just because of the core of who you are. And I'm saying that from a place of not knowing that a hundred percent, I know that truth, but I'm figuring out who I am this year. That's why I'm taking this journey. Um, but I, I keep telling myself every day when I get stressed, when I feel anxiety, when I, and I'm like, I take a deep breath and I go, Jordan, this gets to be easy. You choose the way you move through life. It gets to be light. It gets to be fun. You get to surrender to the process and it doesn't have to be so damn hard. Oh, I love that. I probably
0: will quote, quote you on that again. So, um, but that's, so, I mean, that's so important. Um, I'm gonna end the interview here. You did, you seriously served my listeners in so many ways. I'm so excited for them to hear this. Hey! I love it. Thanks so much for listening. If you loved this episode, share it with a friend or tag me on Instagram so I can connect with you. I'm so excited to have you on this journey with me. Can't wait to grow together. Have the best week. Talk soon.